0: Proverbs chapter 4. And I want to get right to the text tonight that God has set before us. And for the sake of wording, I'm going to do something that I'm not sure what the rules for are exactly. I've never done it before, but it should be fine. So what I want to do is I want to read from Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And I like the way the NIV words the first half. But I like the way the ESV words the second half, so we're just going to put them together and have a little scripture sandwich, I guess, if you will. So Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for from it flow the springs of life. Let's talk about some cardiac care tonight. Find someone around you and ask them, how's your heart? How's your heart lately? Give them a little heart check up and make sure everything's still beating and still going along well. Making sure that we take care of our heart is quite obviously an important thing. And people choose to do so in any different variety of ways. Some people use weight training as a means to condition their heart. Some people eat Cheerios. Some people run. Why, I still can't figure out. Because the way I see it is, is that our hearts only have so many beats. And I don't know why anybody would want to accelerate and use those faster to get to the end quicker. But some people choose to run as a means to keep their heart healthy. Some of you actually do a good job of keeping close tabs on your numbers, whether that be cholesterol, whether that be your blood pressure. You do a good job of keeping tabs on those things. And it's important because our hearts are central to everything that we do physically. And if you've ever had heart issues, you know this. Problems with the heart means problems with everything else. When our heart struggles, it's debilitating for the entirety of our body. But beyond that, God's Word shows that our hearts are central to everything we do spiritually. It shows us that where our treasure is, our heart will also be. And that out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks so as followers of Jesus we have a responsibility not just to take care of our hearts physically but also to take care of our hearts spiritually in the verse that we just read being a proverb we know it is imparting wisdom and it's doing so by showing us that caring for our heart starts with guarding our heart and it's cool to me kind of the purpose and the progression that God has taken us through over the past few weeks because I didn't plan for it to work out that way. I didn't intend for it to work out that way. But think about it. Over the past few weeks together, he's taking us from fixing our eyes to watching our mouths to guarding our hearts. And, you know, I don't have a ton of wisdom. And I don't have a problem admitting that. And so when it comes to, like, my my sermon prep, I do a lot of staring while I'm prepping. You know, to the extent of it looks like this. And I know you all think like a lot of us preachers, we get in our office and it's just like the floodgates of heaven open up and God just pours it all out. But any of us of your staff can attest that more times than not, we spend just as much time staring at the blank sheet of paper with the mindset of, all right, God, like clock's ticking, like give it to me already. And so I do a lot of staring while prepping as it is, and so You know, as I come to something and in preparation to teach on what is a wise saying, then for me, that required a lot of extra preparation wise because I am not a wise person. I'm not full of wisdom. Fortunately, God says in his word very clearly, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask. So I'm all the time asking. So I feel like we're progressing somewhere along the But as I got to this proverb, I just began to mull over it. And I read over this teaching time and time again. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. My question and thought became, well, what do we need specifically to guard our hearts from? And the moment I asked that, the Lord said, exactly. That's what I want to show you. So that you can show them. And when he spoke to me through his spirit in such a way, I'm like, oh yeah, here we go, Jesus. Like, I'm rolling my sleeves up. I'm like, we're fixing to get deep. The Lord is fixing to take me to a level spiritually and into his word that I ain't never been on before. And then he proceeds to show me the two most simplistic things that we need to guard against. So after I have mulled and mulled and mulled over and searched and searched and searched and asked and asked and asked, I finally am like, okay, what specifically do we need to guard our hearts from? And God's like, exactly. That's what I'm fixing to show you so you can show them. So I'm like, let's go. Let's get to the deep stuff. Let's get down. Let's let's roll the sleeves up and get to work, Lord. And he gives me the two most simplistic things that afterwards I was just like, what? We're going to talk about that? That's the two things. That's it. That you want me to tell them to guard their hearts against? And he said, yeah. But just because it's simplistic doesn't mean it's not significant. So I want us, with our hearts, to guard against impurity. And I I think it's worth knowing that an impurity is anything that makes something else impure we might also refer to impurities as toxins. And quite simply what they do is they contaminate. As believers, we are called to live holy, set apart, pure lives. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 22, Paul's admonition to Timothy was this, don't take part in the sins of others and keep yourself pure. And it seems like more and more so a lot of us are forgetting that we are called as followers of Jesus to live holy, set apart, and pure lives. I mean, think about all that Jesus went through just so that could be made available to us. He left the purity of heaven to come down to this earth and put on flesh as we are and live a perfect, sinless, holy life so he could be a perfect substitutionary death for us on the cross so that we might confess our sins, he might cleanse us, credit us with his righteousness, restore our relationship with his Father so that we can live on a level of life that we could have never attained to on our own, so we could experience what it's like to live righteous, what it's like to be holy as he is holy, so we could live a set apart life so this other world could look at us and see that there is something different about us. And this isn't the essence of the message tonight, church, but I think we need a kick in the teeth a little bit to be reminded that we are called to live holy lives. We are called to live set-apart lives. We are called to live pure lives. We shouldn't look anything like the world around us. There should be a clear distinguishing identity between who they serve and who we serve. We should be guarding our hearts against every impure thing that would seek to contaminate them. And doing so with all seriousness. I remember when Graham was still on bottles. And we were doing the whole pumping thing. I cleaned those bottles and those parts constantly. It was never ending. It's like as soon as you got one taken care of, the next one was on the shelf to be cleaned again. But I remember so meticulously cleaning every single part of that bottle, every single part that went with that pump. Like we even had the specialized brushes. So you could get to like the deepest little tiniest crack and clean everything out. And I would stand in the kitchen literally and I would scrub every single little teeny tiny part to make sure that it was clean and I did that because I didn't want anything to get gunked up in there that would make him sick the next time we gave him one of his bottles and even now we're still pretty on top of what he has and what he is putting in his mouth like prime example today during the welcome center he had his passy in his mouth and somehow it got knocked out and it hit the floor I heard it hit the floor and I turn around and of course he's grabbing it and what do you think the next move is? I'm going to put that in my mouth, and all I can think about is everybody in their nasty feet has trudged up and down that welcome center, so I go running over there and take it from him, which he thought was just the awfulest thing that anybody could have done against him, but I knew it needed to be clean. I needed to be washed. I needed to be sterilized, (laughs) and it's funny because I know some of you parents that you have multiple kids, and everybody's like, ah. Just wait till you have that second. <laughs> Just wait till you have that third or that fourth one. By the time you get there, they can use the buggy handle as a teething ring and you won't care anymore. <laughs> have some of us not treated our hearts the same way? When Jesus cleaned and renewed it, we were so careful and meticulous at first. We even made most of us painful efforts to make sure that nothing got inside there that would contaminate it. I mean, you changed the TV shows you watched. You changed the movies that you went to. You took some of those old CDs. You wiped that I know y'all, don't, y'all can't relate to this now, but you, you wiped that iPod clean. You took painstaking efforts to make sure that nothing that was impure was going to get inside the new, clean, regenerated, restored heart that God had placed within you. But then as time and life moved on, Our guard got a little bit lower and lower. And now it's like, yeah, this new series that I'm into, it's got some nudity in it, but it's not that bad. Now it's like, yeah, I mean, I get a little loose joking with the boys from time to time, but come on, it ain't that big a deal. Now it's like, yeah, sure, I get discontent at times because I I compare what God has blessed me with. Compared to what everybody else has, but who doesn't do that, right? I mean, to be honest, I don't even listen to the lyrics. I just like the beat of the music. It's no big deal. I'm not paying attention to any of that. And by the way, I wasn't intentionally scrolling for those things, they just so happened to show up in my feed. And it gets dangerous because. We'll come at this from the angle of, well, you know, it's not like my guard's completely down. I've got at least half a guard up. It could be worse. It's not like I'm completely unaware. It's not like I'm ignoring certain things, but listen to me, in this battle, half guard is no guard. Because all impurity needs is opportunity. That's all it needs. It doesn't need but the smallest, tiniest crack to force its way through. And then it's trouble. And once it gets in, listen to me, you might say, well, I got a half a guard up. That doesn't matter because once it gets in, it doesn't just feel half your heart. Those toxins, they flow all over. In Mark chapter 7, verses 20 through 23, Jesus says this, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man... Come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. All these things will cover the expanse of your heart. If you give impurity just one opportunity to find room within you, to set itself up. And so as we move on from there, there's another important connection here that this proverb wants us to see. So guard your heart, and then on the backside of that is because for from it flow springs of life. So true underground springs are the purest sources of water that you can find in nature. And if left unbothered, they provide life and fruitfulness to everything around it. But if it gets contaminated at the source, then what flows from that spring is now potentially fatal to everything from that point downward that has any form of interaction with it. And this is why it's so imperative that we guard our hearts from impurities. Because if our source gets contaminated, It flows out to everywhere and everyone else around us. So listen to me, husbands, if your heart gets contaminated, that flows out of you and into your wife. Wives, if your heart gets contaminated, that flows out of you and into your husband. And the next thing you know, the entirety of your marriage is contaminated. Parents, I need you to hear me on this for a moment. If your hearts get contaminated, That will eventually flow out of you and into the lives of your kids. And our kids are getting contaminated enough outside of the home. They don't need toxins inside the home. But if we allow impurities to set up in our lives, that's exactly what will flow out of us and into them. And it infects everywhere that you go. I let impurities set up in my heart, so guess what? The next time I go to my job... It has the potential to flow out of me and contaminate my coworkers. The next time I go to school, it has the potential to flow out of me and contaminate my classmates. It infects everything and every body. And for us, instead of being springs that produce life flowing from us, we potentially become deadly to those around us. Set your guard back in place against the impure things that are ever trying to penetrate it. Jesus says this during his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. He says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Let's fill our hearts again with the purity of Jesus. And let that flow out from us. Let's fill our hearts again with the purity of Jesus and let that flow throughout our marriages. Let's fill our hearts again with the purity of Jesus and let that flow throughout our homes and infect our kids. Let's fill our hearts with the purity of Jesus and let that flow throughout the workplace when we go back Monday. Let's fill our hearts, students, with the purity of Jesus and let that flow throughout the classrooms, throughout the lab sessions, throughout the group projects when we go back to school come Monday. It's time the house of God get holy again and get filled again so we can make an impact again on the world around us. Because as long as we continue to allow impurities to fill our hearts, I promise you our impact will be limited by our impurity. So set a guard against impurity in your life. Don't have anything to do with this garbage of the world anymore. Jesus went to the cross and shed his precious blood so that we could be set free and we could be cleansed. Can we stop insulting him? By going back to the muck and the mud. One thing as a parent I've learned is that you learn real quick kind of how to suppress your frustrations. And so I so meticulously cleaned those bottles because I didn't want anything bad to get set up in Graham's Life. But then at the same time, we're constantly cleaning him off. He's constantly got stuff on his face. He's crawling around on the floor. His hands get nasty. And no sooner, it seems like you clean the kid off, you give him a bath and you set him loose in the house and he's covered in something else all over again. And it's just like, I just washed you off. Stop getting into stuff. I just don't wonder if that's how our father feels towards us so many times. But I just washed you off. Holy cow, you're right back in it again? Come here. Thank goodness for a gracious, merciful Father who will take us back once again and cleanse us. But hey, let's over the next few weeks just do something real simple and try to take a few less baths, so to speak. Strive for holiness. Strive for purity. Lift that apart. Guard your heart against impurity. Number two, guard your heart against apathy. Apathy is to lack feeling, is to lack interest, is to lack concern, is to become indifferent to the things or the people around you. And we might recognize this as another condition, it's what we call the hard heart. This condition can affect two different types of people. It can affect the unbeliever. And in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 15, we see a warning that says, As it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. Listen, if you're here tonight, and you know that Jesus has been calling you towards a relationship with him, I cannot implore you enough not to reject that calling. Because sooner or later, that calling will no longer stand. Jesus Christ is coming back to claim his church, and that opportunity will be gone. So if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, and you know he has been tugging on your heart over the past few weeks, you've heard these messages, you've been exposed to godly relationships, you know the love of Christ is drawing you in, you're under conviction over the sin in your life, please do not reject that anymore. Because as you do so, your heart becomes more hardened and more hardened and more hardened and more hardened to the grace and the mercy and the love and the forgiveness of God. And sooner or later, that call will come and you will no longer care to heed it anymore. So please, please, Jesus is calling you unto himself. Run into his arms. The hard heart can affect the unbeliever, but it can affect the believer as well. Most times in the life of a believer... This occurs because we become so conditioned that we lose concern. We become so conditioned to the things that we see going on around us and the people that we are exposed to on a daily basis that we no longer hold any concern over what we see going on around us. And then our guard comes down and apathy creeps in. And I understand, listen fully, that... It's not easy to look around at our wicked world and see the blatant rebellion that we have taking place against God and not become apathetic towards the lost and dying world. It's not easy to not develop the kind of attitude that says, well, you know, I've tried. They don't want any part of that, so they'll get theirs one day. They've got theirs coming. It's not easy to avoid that kind of an attitude. Listen, I understand that it's not easy to not become apathetic toward stubborn family and friends that keep on and keep on and keep on rejecting, while at the same time not giving you any respect for what you believe whatsoever. I understand it's very easy to become apathetic towards those people who you have tried to show and to share the love of Jesus with, and time after time they have rejected, made fun of you, called you a moron for believing such dumb stuff, you closed-minded, how in the world could you ever think that's the only way life can be lived out? It's easy to become apathetic towards those people after so many times of having the door shut in your face. I understand that completely, 100%. And see, this is where for us a hard heart becomes very scary because its conditions are often subtle. And so what happens is is that we may not stop praying, we just stop praying for them. What happens is is that we may not stop sharing, we just stop sharing with them. What happens so often is, is that we may not stop serving, we just stop serving them. That's why we have to have our guard up. That's why there has to be a guard in place against being apathetic, against becoming indifferent, against losing concern about the people around us. Because, look, it's not who our Jesus is. And so because it's not who Jesus is, it's not who we can become. All throughout Scripture, we see Jesus not lacking concern. All throughout Scripture, we see Jesus not being indifferent, but He is always filled with and showing compassion to those around Him. When He looked upon the crowds, He did so with compassion. When He healed the sick, He did so with compassion. When He saw the widows, He looked upon them with compassion over the situation and the circumstances that they found themselves saying, Listen, I'm thankful that Jesus wasn't indifferent, because if He was, He would have never left heaven. But because he looked down and he had concern, because he looked down and he had love, because he looked down on this earth as a whole and he had compassion, he said, I've got something I can do about their condition. And so he left and he came and he did what only he could do to set us free from the bondages of our sin. Thankfully, Jesus was not indifferent. If we are his followers, then we cannot become that either. It's something that we have to constantly push back and fight against because it so easily creeps in and it so easily takes over. It's much easier to not care, it's much easier to not hold concern. I don't know if any of you have ever found this phrase, show up in your life, but I know I've found it show up in mine from time to time. and There's even been times I know laying in the bed at night, I've turned over and I've told Ashley, I wish I didn't care. Why? Because that's hard. Caring is hard. Loving is hard. Having concern is hard. So much easier would it be to just wash your hands and walk away and say, done. We can't get there. We can't allow an apathetic heart to win. I want to show you something on the screens real quick. It's actually a picture of a heart. And it's interesting because this heart illustrates a condition that's known as hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. And it's when the heart's vesticular muscle becomes thickened or hardened. So you can see the healthy heart on the left, and you can see the thickened muscle of the heart on the right and how it's pinching that pathway for the blood to flow through the aortic valve almost completely off. You know what this is? It's, it's an actual hard heart. It's a real thing. And that muscle, as it gets bigger and bigger, it makes it harder for the blood to flow through. But the interesting thing about this disease is that most times the condition goes unnoticed because people have few, if any, symptoms whatsoever. And so they don't know what's taking place inside of them, and so they just go on about life as usual. They're never even aware of the fact that there's any kind of issues going on inside of them whatsoever. And listen to me, church, a spiritually hardened heart is a bad condition for us because most times we can go on with life as usual as if nothing else is wrong inside of us because it's so subtle in its symptoms. Because it seems so, here's a term I think we've become familiar with, asymptomatic. That oftentimes we don't, even have an awareness that it's gotten to that point. In the meantime, we've become hardened to the people around us. We've become hardened to their lostness. We've become hardened to their pain. We've become hardened to their suffering. How many times do we go throughout the course of the day, past person after person after person after person, and never have a care? Never have a concern. Never have the thoughts of where their eternity might be spent. Hard hearts. And we don't just become hard to the people around us. We become hardened to the things of God as well. To where we no longer really care if we spend time in the Word or not. To where we no longer really care if we spend time in prayer or not. To where we no longer really care to gather together with godly community and praise and worship our Savior together, it's just hit or miss. If I'm there, I'm there. If it happens, it happens. But it's really not that big of a deal. It really doesn't cause me any concern. It really doesn't cause me to lose any sleep at night. I'm just indifferent to the whole thing. I'm indifferent to the lostness of people around me. I'm indifferent to the things of God. Our hearts have gotten hardened, and so often we don't even realize that it's happened because we let our guard down and apathy crept in. Listen, the church can't become apathetic. The church can't lose concern. The church can't become indifferent because eternities are in the balance. We can't afford to let this creep in. We can't afford to allow this to remain anymore. God made it so clear, He says, hey, I'm not, I don't give you a heart of stone. I gave you a heart of flesh, one that's made and fashioned after mine. So that you can be compassionate as I am compassionate. So you can have concern as I have concern. So you can have burden for the lostness of those around you as I have burden for the lost souls around you. We can't become apathetic men and women. It can't stay inside of us any longer. And if our hearts are hardened in this place, and I, I've been praying all week leading up to this moment that God would melt the stone away and soften us once again. All these things we've talked about over the past few weeks, they're intertwined. And I didn't realize this until I was laying in bed the other night. And I pulled up my phone and I was looking at this verse that we read tonight, Proverbs 4.23. And I read a couple of verses down and I just kind of snickered. And Ashley was trying to sleep, but I like elbowed her. I'm like, hey, look at this. So I'm gonna go back to Proverbs 4. And this, what I want you to see as we finish up the night. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart. For from it flow springs of life. Verse 24 says, Put away from you crooked speech. Put devious talk far from you. Verse 25 says, Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Hey, fix your eyes. Watch your mouth. Guard your heart. This is Doug Ferris and I'm blessed to be the pastor here at Underwood Baptist Church. I wanna thank you for listening to our podcast. It's our prayer that you'll do more than listen to the sermon or gather religious information. We want you to encounter God and we pray that he will impact your life. If you'd like to contact us for any reason, please go to our website at underwoodbaptist.org. All our contact information is there and we look forward to hearing from you. I hope you are blessed by today's message.